0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Dog Aid My Meeple podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Dog Aid My Meeple podcast. It's been a long break, we know, but we are finally back and today me, Omar, will talk about the game you've chosen in our last Instagram voting. Now we are kind of starting part two of our second season of the show, so you can expect to get more content coming up. Uh, We will have some reviews of Kickstarters, we will be talking about a few different topics as well, and as always we'll bring you some good reviews of games, and we will be revisiting Infinity the game, especially with the new Code 1 rule set. So there is quite a lot of things coming up on the horizon, so there is always something you can come back for and something we hope you will enjoy but in today's episode we will be talking all about Dark Souls the board game that's the game you wanted to hear about so today it's all about it we will be listening um, oh, you will be listening about one of the first kickstarters that were a board game and went over 1 million pounds at that time That was a crazy number you know that's Pre Gloomhaven days, so things were slightly different back then. Kickstarter wasn't flooded with board games, and FOMO was not that big of a thing. So, without further ado, let's get some background story on Dark Souls the board game, and then we'll actually talk about the game itself. Okay, guys, so Dark Souls the board game. Well, it's a game that is a pretty, as you can expect, a pretty much dungeon crawling experience for one to four players based on the very famous computer game of the same title. So if you've played Dark Souls, you know what we are talking about. If you haven't, it's a very unforgiving game where you will die a lot. And that's the promise actually that we've been given in the board game as well. And I do remember being first exposed to Dark Souls board game, even before the Kickstarter itself hit, and that's been on an expo three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, or whatever, it was quite a long time ago. And on a board game expo, I had a chance to actually have a quick boss battle along with Michael. We played against one of the bosses with some of the characters, you know, mechanics were still kind of being created, so it was not a complete the same game you would have right now, but it was very much similar. Um, they've changed some of the mechanics of the tile laying, which I'll explain later how the game works but in general that was an unforgiving um game where you know you die very often and dying is part of it it's a game with supposedly very high difficulty where you will be expected to die and if you die you just restart as it goes through and you kind of can grind through it that was the main idea well But before we go into the mechanics and components and so on, let's talk about the problems and the whole Dark Souls controversy. Well, first of all, a lot of people felt really bad because not only they waited for Kickstarter way over the promised period. So initially they were supposed to get the game relatively soon, but the date has been postponed and uh, wave two, three, four, all the other stuff um, that you went with the Kickstarter. If you kickstarted the game, the other content, additional content has been delivered successfully, but in the next few years after the campaign has finished. Um, You know, some people hate it because they say, yes, you completely, you know, the timeline was completely messed up and you promised us things, but in the end we got them way too late to enjoy them. On the other hand, though, there are some people who kind of compare, compare Dark Souls to other Kickstarters when they've promised a bunch of stuff which was never ever delivered So, you know, of the two options, getting things to the game three or four years later, but still getting incredible amount of stuff uh, from the Kickstarter is still better than just simply getting a message telling you that you will not be getting any of it because of different reasons. So generally, that was the big issue, that the game was really um, delayed in its release and the game was hitting shops before even Kickstarter was delivered, which was another big issue. And the game itself wasn't really that well received and... as I I will move on to the game itself and how it plays and the mechanics, uh, you will possibly get an idea why. Because let's be honest, Dark Souls as a dungeon crawler is relatively simple in terms of mechanics, but it's not your typical dungeon crawler because there isn't that much of a dungeon um, in there and and in a moment um, you will know what I mean. So generally Looking at all the controversy, it's a game that you might have people hate for what happened with it, for the delays. And it it was an important game, I would say, just purely based on the fact that it's uh, it managed to uh, get so much money on Kickstarter and was one of the first really successful tabletop Kickstarters at all. But now, let's actually talk about the game. Well, As it's promised, Dark Souls is supposed to be a dungeon crawler and you have a choice of one to four characters in the base game. Now the base game itself um, by now can be bought really cheaper than its initial release but originally was about £99 and you do get quite a few miniatures inside. Um, you've got all the different um, zombies, you know, you've got the hollows, as they are called in Dark uh, Souls, you've got soldiers of different types, enemies, and each one will have a few different models and you have like two scopes. So yeah, generally, you know, content wise, what you get inside a box looks quite nice. However, no inset um, makes it really difficult to try and pack it. And it is one of the games that is a bit of a nightmare because once you punch it out, it's 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 really tough to fit in on the other hand though the the boxes are nicely designed because once you open the box not only you see a nice message telling you are done sorry you die you are dead or you died yeah you died i think that's how the game always gives you like a game over screen so once you open the box you get the message telling you you are already dead before you started playing but um itself you've got separate boxes for the player miniatures and the smaller monsters, um, enemies, and a bigger one for all the different bosses, of which we get three bosses and two mini-bosses, if I remember correctly, and that would be Titanite, Demon, um, and Wink Knight, these would be the mini-boss, sorry, and uh, Boreal Outrider, these would be the mini-bosses, and then you get um, Smo and the other name. That's two bosses which is one combat, we've got gargoyles which are also a boss and we've got the Boreal Dancer. So quite a lot of miniatures and minis are made with the softer type of plastic. So on one hand um you don't have to worry that if they fall down they're gonna break, it's not gonna break, on the other hand painting might be a bit of an issue and you can see the difference in quality compared to other miniatures like for example those created by simon you know you can't really compare them in terms of quality and they're not really even close but now let's look at the game itself because that, that's what most people really want to hear well dark souls is supposed to be a really kind of simple old-school dungeon crawler which tries to imitate the game mechanics and i would say it does it quite well we have one of the four hero- heroes to choose from the core box and we've got a Thief, we've got uh which is pretty much, you know, your typical rogue sort of type. But remember that rogues in uh, um, Dark Souls are not that much about becoming invisible and stuff. They're more about like backstabbing and, you know, doing damage. But there are two core mechanics um, in terms of how do you survive. One of them is having armor, which pretty much just, you know, gives you the dice to defend. and it minimizes the damage you receive or nullifies it completely. But there is also the dodge mechanic in which you will have certain amount of dodge dice and it's a all or nothing. I either dodge and I get nothing um, and I will not be hit at all and I don't get any damage or if I fail to dodge, I get full damage to my face. And Thief is the character that relies more on the dodge mechanic itself. We also have the Knight, which is supposed to be your tank. We have... uh, how is it called? There is the Lancer one. And that's kind of the support character which allows others to restore stamina and help them out and we also have warrior which is your typical dps that just goes charges and hits things of course that being dark souls there is um similarly to the game there is a mechanic that allows you to develop characters and there is nothing stopping you from your thief um pretty much walking around in heavy armor or your knight becoming a wizard and th- casting spells left and right um the, the game doesn't prescribe what you can and cannot wear. um there are statistics so you've got strength agility intelligence and faith and characters um, are able to develop them from basic to the four different levels and uh, certain items will have certain requirements so it is possible for a for for example thief to use spells but there may be some items that they will not be able to use at all or some spells that they might not be able to use because um they might not be able to reach high level of intelligence to actually do this Uh, you know they might need 45 intelligence but the maximum for a thief might be stopping around 38 mark or so so there is that over there um If you are familiar with the game, you will know that grinding itself was a massive part of it. And that's the part of the game that translated into board game adaptation as well. Um, The way we start is we set up our characters, we take five tiles to create the dungeon. And by tiles, I really mean squares with pretty much identical outline. Um, The mechanic doesn't use a square, the game doesn't use squares on the tile. But once we set up tiles, you're going to have something what they call nodes. And these are small circles. They basically show you the spaces that you can go around. So you don't have your typical square movement. You've got something slightly different, which makes it a bit more dynamic. Because it's not only you can go top, left, right. You you can jump between, around. um, And generally it's a similar but slightly different mechanic. Um if you just want to have a look I, I think the best way to do it is just to google dark souls bold game tile and have a look at the tile as it looks. Now there are tiles which have different look um so you know they might be in different themes. One might be more like a dilapidated dungeon, uh, one might be looking more like a you know destroyed castle with like um Decorations here and there, but in general they are pretty much the same. They will always be five squares So the 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 way the game looks is all Pretty much the same. Their map will always look exactly identical. Um, you will just have slightly different placement of the special places. Now, on each tile, you will have nodes, which might indicate where you put the traps, uh, where monsters spawn or where additional things like barrels or graves might be spawning, depending on the cards you've got, but depending on the setup of the game. But generally, it is the same thing. So, you know, if you play other dungeon crawlers, you might have the map that changes and, you know, um, even like in, um, the, sand, the the map, we have tiles of different shapes and you might be turning, going around the corners and things like that. In Dark Souls you don't have it, it's always going to be the same outline, it's going to be five squares next to each other with your starting one and that's pretty much it. So you have starting, um, starting one when you have all the, the kind of the bonfire when you can rest and then you have four tiles with monsters and by the end you're gonna have one tile when you will either go through the fog which is kind of like entering the boss battle and you either fight a mini boss on one tile or if you fight the final boss like the big boss you're gonna have double tile to put them together so you have more space as movement is quite important in the game but but that's pretty much it um you know so if you expect if you like different dungeons and if you like replayability to have different map and discover it um that's straight away a disappointment for you because the map always looks the same it might look more like a forest it might look like a swamp it might look like a castle But but it's the same thing in the end, so, you know, it's just uh, graphic differences, but gameplay-wise, it's almost identical every single time. I might have monsters spawning closer to the door I entered, I might have monsters spawning in the middle or in the back of the room from the way I went in, but it's still the same room, pretty much, so that's, you know it could be disappointing for a lot of people. While in uh, Dark Souls you had so many different places, you know, you had so many varied locations with different styles and you had corridors and you were fighting on bridges and, you know, even the just just narrow passage changed the way you fight. You're not going to experience that in board game. It's it's always basically a square room with the same amount of space and just different spawn points for items, traps, and monsters. So that's already one of the issues that a lot of people have with the game. Um later in the end, I will tell you my thoughts on this a bit more in detail, I guess. But um, if you played the game a lot, I can imagine that it can be a nice man, it will become boring really quickly. If you play it sporadically, like me, from time to time, it's it's you know, I don't play enough for me to I don't play enough for that particular aspect to become boring or annoying for me. Um, then we look onto the minis. Like I said, minis are generally quite nice. Um, we've covered that one. So we've got our map. We choose our characters. We get our starting items. And then we go on. There is something called sparks. And depending on the number of player, you will have a, like a dial. And you set the number of sparks that you have. And that's a number of restarts. You know, if you if you are talking about um, old school arcade machines it was popping the coin and you restart the game that's what you would say a spark is it's basically if you lose the game your spark allows you to go back kind of load this game and try again if you run out of sparks and you lost and you have no more sparks then that's the true game over and there is no way for you to continue Um, there is no way throughout the game to actually earn sparks but um easiest way to explain it is number of sparks represents how many times we can attempt to do the dungeon and kill the boss. However, in most cases what you're gonna do, you're gonna run through the dungeon using the sparks, um, filling up going through it, killing all the monsters, getting all the souls, because souls are currency, going back, upgrading, grinding the whole dungeon again, going back, upgrading, grinding the dungeon again. And on the final spark, you will go and try to defeat the boss. And that's what I found with us. And it does pose a certain problem. So now let's look at that problem straight away. Well, the game is very much grindy in nature, so you will be literally running through the same exact same dungeon three or four times in a row if you are playing with, uh, you know, few players. If you are, for example, playing with four players, then you will be running it, for example, two or three times, which, you know, um, is alright, but um, generally on a higher player count, I think it's not as bad because you might be just doing two runs and you have to go fight the boss or otherwise you will lose the game and run out of sparks. However, when you play with two people and you start with four or three Sparks, um, the problem is that uh, literally you run once and if you are lucky with items, you can very quickly become powerful enough to be able to not worry about dying in a room. Um, Having played with Michael quite a few, we've played through what they call a campaign, and to be honest with you, the first one was okay, the, the mini-boss was okay, that was a challenge, but we were lucky with items, we were able to upgrade ourselves relatively quickly, and um, to be honest with you, he was... he His character was so well equipped that um, none of the basic monsters could actually hurt him, because he was basically auto-saving any damage up to like 4 or 5, which is a lot in the game. Uh, while I was the guy who was basically killing monsters without even rolling the dice, so, to be honest with you, when we went to level 1, or even some of the level 2 dungeons, because um, we have three different levels of difficulty, um, whenever we entered the room, there was no really point for us to play it that much, because that would be a matter of just, okay, I walk there and I auto-kill him. He attacks Michael, he does nothing. Okay, now I he moves, Michael moves somewhere else and I auto-kills a guy. Okay, they tried to shoot us, I got maybe one damage if I get a terrible roll, otherwise I'm good. Okay, I'm gonna move again and just kill this one, and I I don't even have to roll the dice because I already have enough damage to kill it straight out of uh, the bonuses and upgrades. So if you are lucky, the game can become quite boring, really. And what happens to us, to be honest with you, in such case that we did dungeon once, twice, and by, I think, by the end of second mission, really, we were already well equipped. Uh, the boss died really quickly, not posing any challenge. And then we went on to the other ones, and we started moving on to other locations. And what really happened is that we we just run the what run, run we run it once, and and we just went straight to the boss because there was no point for us to restart. Or when we played one-offs, um, for example, we had four sparks. By second spark, we were already so overpowered in the same way that we just could not die, and we would always auto-kill most of the creatures that we had in the dungeon so pretty much we just added the souls instead of actually doing the whole dungeon run three times we did it once second time it was so easy we didn't do third one and on fourth one we just added the souls and went straight to the boss battle so realistically we skipped half of the implied game time because there was no point because that would be boring as heck with us just saying he kills they do nothing okay I move and I kill and they do nothing so you know it is It's a game that very easily can be broken, and it's not us being overly lucky, I would say, because that has happened on numerous occasions. I've played with my other friend, Uh, same thing happened when he was just running around the room, killing everyone, and they were unable to hurt us. It happened with Michael and me, it happened with Michael and a few other of my friends. It, It happened surprisingly often, I would say, and I would argue that this is one of my biggest issues with the game. That's why it's a game that I can play once in a time and it's nice to do one of dungeon have some you know old school fun run around roll dice and hopefully not die but i can't imagine playing the game a lot while for example silver tower and the warhammer adventure uh, warhammer quest silver tower that was a game we went through whole campaign over weekend that was great i can't imagine having more than two games of uh, Dark Souls in a row because that's just gonna be a bit boring and most likely we will break it by this se- end of second dungeon with the equipment cards and so on and so forth. So uh, it is very luck dependent um, because you know if you have really shit items then you will be struggling and you every single monster can really kill you easily. So now um, let me quickly go into why a single monster on level one in the very beginning can actually kill you straight away. Well because um, the game, how the game works is that your pool of health and your pool of what is called stamina is shared basically on the bottom of your card on like a planchette you've got 10 boxes for small squares and once you will be using stamina you will be putting black squares from left to right and that represents how tired you are on the other hand any damage you do you put on the very same track but from right from uh, right to left and if at any point your stamina and your health meet together and you need to put another one and you can't. Basically, you die um, and the whole team dies, which means game over. Or uh, we go one spark lower and we start again. All the progress and all the currency, the salts will be will stay on the map and you will have to go and retrieve them and so on and so forth, trying to emulate the game. Um, However, the problem of that is that it's it's just a matter of monsters having ridiculous damage, Um, and it's not the difficulty in tactics or anything. The The behavior of monsters is very simple and prescriptive. You have a card that tells you how each monster behaves. They only have one type of behavior. So, you know, they will basically go to the closest enemy and hit or those shooting ones with crossbows or uh, bows. They will just step away from you and shoot or shoot and step away then. And that's pretty much it. Um, they have a flat damage. So, you know, let's say I have 10 health. Health slash stamina and a basic zombie, basic hollow deals you I think four or five uh, physical damage. And in the beginning, with really weak armor, if you roll no successes, then you basically lose four life. Um, another thing that happens is that it's um the turn sequence is slightly different than in other games because it's about one character moves. They take the aggro token, so they became the focus. All monsters move, and then another player moves, and again, all monsters move again. So it's a player, all of the monsters, another player, all of the monsters, another player, all of the monsters. Which means that if you are with quite strong team, and, uh, you know, you might enter a new room, um, if your guys are quite strong, and you are playing with four people, it is possible that by the time it goes to your turn, um, there isn't much left, because your friends killed them all, but you've been attacked a couple of times, and maybe did, or maybe did not survive, you know. It's, it's a bit of a weird mechanic. I like it uh, because it's very simple to follow. You know, like I have a card, I know what they do. But it becomes quite meta y and you can manipulate it in many different ways. And if you follow the original rule set, um, in any situation when you can choose... Or when there is ambiguity as to what happens or where they go the players choose which means that gives you a crazy amount of advantage because you can always make the situation that you basically are safe and the monsters do something stupid for example there is a maximum of three models on a single node so let's say there are two zombies attacking me and a third one comes in um, I can say that, okay, the player gets pushed away because there is not enough space and I just move my my miniature away and, and the monsters can't do anything to me. Logically, you know, you would do another zombie walking away, but then the, game's, the game rules literally tell you that you can decide, which means you can always make it in a way that you can constantly run away and not be attacked that much, or you can dodge the attacks. It's a lot of weird things over there and I think the rulebook is a bit lacking. Um, and that brings me to what is called extended rulebook. Um, now extended rulebook is something that is completely fully fan made and it's a revision of rules, um, adds much more content, adds more organised rule, gives a bit better balance to the game, gives a bit better um, sense of development, uh, The it's a bit less grindy, more focused on growth and development rather than grinding the same thing. It's a lot of good changes over there, um, I've tried only it a little bit playing solo, I am yet to try it into a, like a full campaign mode but we'll see. Uh, so far it looks really good and I like the changes over there. Uh, there is of course much more to the game, but that's pretty much it uh, when it comes to normal monsters and, and the difficulty. Now, um, the game mechanics are quite nice, like I mentioned. It, monsters move based on the cards and they have prescribed um, actions and behaviors. Now let's talk about combat. This is one of the points where a lot of people said that the game was actually quite bad because it was just so simple, but this is where I really disagree. Um, I like the basic simple mechanic And if you've played of any of the games where you have swords on your dice, that's basically it. We have different color dice, we have black, which is like, you know, the weaker ones, you have blue, slightly better, then you've got orange. And and these dice will give you different, um, you know, they will have different number of swords. So on a black one, you have the higher chance of failing, on a yellow one, uh, you will always do something. Each source represents success and it doesn't matter whether you are attacking, that's going to be damage, whether you are defending, that's going to be defense, so you just roll the dice and count the successes, Um, for example, I get attacked by 5, I roll my dice, there are 3 swords, okay, 3 damage less, I only get 2, nice and simple, I'm attacking a monster, okay, I roll my dice that are described on my cards and my equipment, I count the number of swords, that's how much damage I deal nice and simple. There isn't really much complexity over there. Um, I like it. It has an old school vibe to it and it works quite well with me. I don't mind rolling the dice. I don't mind not having very complex systems. I think this is one area where a lot of people are not happy with but one of the areas which I'm perfectly happy with. I'm really, I think it works really well and it's very simple to pick up. I had people who weren't really into complex games. They didn't find learning Dark Souls difficult. You can have one person who knows how monsters behave so you can even play with people who have no idea about how more complex games uh, work and they can still enjoy it because they will just move around and you know chuck some dice and kill some monsters and that's really it so nice and simple over there but now let's go to what i would consider is the best part of the game um, not without its own flaws, but it's the best and most fun part, which are boss battles. Now, boss battles are the, like I've mentioned before, they are like the final encounter in a dungeon, let's say, or in a run. And these are representing, you know, um, the big battles you will have with a boss of a game. And all of the bosses are the ones from the games, from, you know, one, two and three. So you have a bit of everything from all three games. Uh, and in the end, The mechanics over here, I think, is where the game shines. Um, realistically, when I do the dungeons, it's, it just feels like the grind first so I can get better items. So finally, I can go and tackle the boss. Um, I've, I've seen people saying that they just play basically boss battles and, and you know, instead of grinding and doing that, they just assign themselves like an average number of whatever you would do on X amount of, um, uh, you know, grinds, the playthroughs through the dungeon, um, they look through some item cards and that's it, go for it, they play through it and they uh, basically just enjoy fighting bosses. Now why fighting bosses is so fun is because first of all, like I mentioned, you have double tiles for big bosses, so you have more space to move around and there is a whole set of behaviors for a boss. So while monsters generally behave in a very simple way and always go like, move, attack or move to the closest or move to the aggro or move away and shoot, bosses are much more complex creatures. Each boss is different and they will have their own token and they have they will have their own miniature which are quite nice and big. They will have their own cards but also each boss will have a set of cards which are behavior cards. So what happens over there is he will usually have a number of cards and on the description it tells you how many cards you should take to make a behavior deck for a boss so let's say i have for example eight cards for a boss and i only take five of them at random um i shuffle them and i just put them down and that's gonna be basically his actions um what i like about it is you don't really know i can be playing with the same boss five times and each encounter will be different because of different cards and they will be uh, you know they will behave differently or even if they are the same cards by some chance let's say i still have five of them they will be in different order, which means I will have to act accordingly. Um, and also that's a bit of a mental exercise, because same like in a game, you kind of, you know, you want to learn the pattern of a boss, so you know what to do, you predict their behavior, you know how to react and how to attack and deal them damage that's been very well translated into the tabletop game because that's exactly what happens. It's it's the same sort of feeling of, okay, what he will do now? Remember, first, for example, he will run and stab the guy with aggro token. Then he will fly away this many tiles. He will fly away two nodes and shoot into the guy who's further away from him and things like that. And you want to memorize them to kind of, you know, know what's going to happen next. Plan your movement so you go outside of the attack arcs and so on. Yeah, and uh, talking about arcs, while normal monsters generally go and attack a particular target, uh, bosses also have something called arcs. So each base is divided into four equal parts, and these represent arcs. So you've got front arc, back arc, left and right. And there are some attacks which are very much targeted, so for example, the guy will run up to you, the boss runs up and stabs the closest person, fine, but they also might be doing same attacks like in the game, you know, they might start jumping up, they will land somewhere and start swiping around on the right and then you will have a look and your placement becomes really important because, you know, if you are on the right, that's when you will get hit but if you remember that the boss will now jump, for example, two spaces forward and attack on the right, then if you remember it, you will place yourself that, you make sure that when that attack comes, you are not in that arc but you are perhaps in the other side so you are safe or you might be even in the weak arc which gives you like an extra die to deal them damage. Um, so that's already there and that mechanic works really well and already gives a lot of replayability to the bosses. On top of that, we've got a hit. What that means is that each boss um, has a particular point where they drop to a certain level of their health, usually around halfway through, and that's when they get enraged. So, you know, like in a game, you go and you kind of like, oh yeah, they are, it's doing well, uh, I'm, I'm working well, they are halfway through HP, so, you know, they are basically half gone already and that's when they get really angry and suddenly they start using new attacks and they become even stronger and you need to learn the whole thing again. That thing, like I said again, was really well translated into the board game because the same happens here. Um, at, At the point when the enemy boss will become enraged, We take a new card from the hit cards, from the like upgraded attacks, special attacks, we take one and we put it together with the deck we've had before, but then we shuffle it again. So yes, you know that there is one extra new skill added, but straight away the whole pattern you've just learned is already changing. And and you need to adapt to it and learn. And you don't know what the new attack is because in the same way like before, there are a few different versions of the extra new heat attack or like the enraged attack available for each of the bosses. So, you know, it, it adds a lot to replayability and that's one part which I really enjoy. Um, I'm always really curious to see what the boss is going to do now. And oh my God, he got halfway through. Now he's changing, okay? So I don't know what. Okay, let's move away and then let's learn the pattern again to be able to go and work our way around and find a way to defeat it it's it's always really fun and I find boss battles to be the best part of the game Um, they could have done the game which was just battling different bosses uh, and I would be really I would be really content with it and I think that's what a lot of people do as well like I've mentioned earlier so the boss battles um, they really do feel like boss battles and they've done a really nice job in that particular part uh, and that's something I'm really happy with so you know um Pretty much, now you know most about the game. I'm not going to go into smaller detail. There are some things which I don't really understand, like uh, barrels which kind of do nothing. Um, They will cost you just one stamina, like I'm I'm going through the barrel and I just destroy the barrel, but that's about it. Uh, We have graves which you can have on different spots on the map and they allow you to look up the boss cards. Um, because in the original computer game or video game, you have the type of kind of a sort of notes that all the adventurers leave you and they give you hints on how to defeat the boss. So in a card in the in the board game, what you can do is you can look at the amount of cards equal to the amount of graves you found. And, you know, you kind of learn the pattern before it even starts before the boss battle. So you know what they will do, which which is quite interesting as well. Quite a nice small gimmick. Um, In general, is it a game I would buy for £99? No, no chance. I would never buy the game at that price. Um, I got the game as a Christmas present two or three years ago. I think three years ago already. And I did enjoy playing it, but I would never pay £99 for it. Um, I'd rather just go and buy myself Mansions of Madness because I would get far more gameplay out of it. It would be far more thematic experience and I would have a lot of fun. Having had it for three years, I did... I would say that I'm surprised by how often it hit the table uh, with different crowds of people. Um, I had people who weren't really that into board games much, but still enjoyed playing uh, Dark Souls because it gave them a sense of, you know, having like a quick adventure, one-off, it was great. Uh, Campaign it's a pretty much like added on top of it just so you can call that, we can say that oh yeah we've got campaign mode, I wouldn't really call it much, It's, it's just a bunch of consecutive battles that just, you know, um, throwing the bosses from the games in a particular order and that's about it. Um, when it comes to the encounters, like I said, you have a lot of cards and they make some variety to room. You know, you might have room A is going to be this or you might have two zombies with swords and one with bow or three bowmen Or but in the end, it's, it's still going to be just a kind of same thing. Um, They might spawn in different points and I might have more swordsmen or more bowmen or this or that. And you know, that's to be expected. It will be repetitive. But like I said, at one point the rooms become, if you are lucky, the rooms are so easy that you just go through them without really needing to play. Um, So it can become really easy. Also, the fact that you need to grind it is, you know, love it or hate it. If you love grinding, you might enjoy that part and you will want to run through the same dungeon a few times. Um, If you don't enjoy replaying the basically exactly same thing a couple of times, you might not like it that much. Um, Or you might be in the middle, you know, one or two playthroughs fine, four, not really your thing. So it's a bit of a weird um, sort of thing of the need to grind and get the items. Um, The character development, like I said, is very much based on the items. So um, you will get the items as you progress through. You can spend some of the souls, which I mentioned are currency, for upgrading your character and getting the characteristics better, you know, like more strength or so on. But they don't really do much um, in terms of character itself, they only allow you to equip better items, so you pretty much are going to be, you will be running through the dungeon till you finally find some good item for one of the characters, and then grind enough souls to upgrade them to the level that they can use it, and it kind of continues and repeats itself, and that's pretty much it. Um, There is upgrade mechanics where you can find some things that allow you to upgrade your weapons. You know, you've got poison, bleeding and things like that, which is always nice. All the typical things and gimmicks from most of the games are there. Um, You have some spells, you have some buffs. Um, Each hero has like a one unique ability, you can use once. Uh, You've got like a healing potion that you can use once per spark and so on and so forth. So it's, it's generally quite nice. Now, one of the things that sometimes feels necessary and sometimes feels... That makes the game a bit too easy and again that's what i mean is that imbalance based on and the, the lag based nature of items is that after you clean up each room uh you go to full health and you kind of get a rest um you won't get all the items back and if you use them they are once per spark so once per the whole run of the dungeon but after each room you basically heal up to full health and in the beginning it's really necessary in other parts like i said it was not necessary at all and, and like i like okay basically i'm on full health all the time and any damage i get If I get it, it's gonna be maybe one or two damage, luckily, magically, on my terrible rolls. And I just go to the next one fully healthy and destroy the whole and just have havoc, kill all the monsters with no real threat to me. So, like I said, it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird thing with the luck that you are very much luck dependent. And if you can't get any good items, you might end up having a boss fight with pretty much almost basic weapons and basic equipment. Or what might happen is you might end up being completely overpowered with a bunch of items that's going to rip him to shreds and even boss attacks don't really do much to you. Uh, again, very I would say it's very dependent on the items you've got. There is lots of them, so it's not difficult to get no items and it's not difficult to get lots of really useful items. It's a this weird balancing act of will I be lucky enough? Not balancing, it's really lucky draw. Do I get good items or not? Not, then the game becomes really difficult. Yes, it can become ridiculously easy. And I think that's the biggest flaw of the game that um, you don't really have much to mitigate it. You can just grind more, buy more items and then hope that you will be able to upgrade your character enough to equip better stuff so you can actually go and kill the boss itself. Boss battles, great grinding, depends on the player, Um, simple mechanics of fight, I like them, rolling dice, it's always nice, so that works and resounds with me quite well. And that's pretty much it, really. Um, It's been quite a long rant, really, because we are hitting 40 minute mark in this episode, so... um, I don't want to keep you any longer, I tried to keep them relatively short but that game is I think way too big and it was way too controversial and there is so much going on, uh, it's not just yeah it's great, uh, it's quite a lot of problems there as well, so I wanted to make sure to give you a real closer and honest look at what Dark Souls the board game is to me, um, how it plays and what I honestly feel about it, how I feel about the game itself. And with that really guys, that would be it, so to sum up. If you can buy the game cheap, I would say so. Go for it. Um, but if you are looking at a spending 80 quid on it, I'd rather tell you to go by Mansions of Madness or Lord of the Rings journeys in Middle-earth, and you will have far more adventure in there, and you will have the story there. In Dark Souls, there is no story. You go to kill a boss. Uh, there is no backstory to the characters. You are just a, a knight that goes into a bad dungeon filled with monsters to kill them, find items, kill the boss, and say, yes, I won. Play Final, you know, cue Final Fantasy victory music. And that's it and there is nothing more to it so if you are looking for more dungeon crawling in a sense of pseudo rpg feel or some story focus um avoid the game because you're not gonna get it here if you are looking for games which have um more complex battle and have more interesting mechanics or like you know um allow you to do different things and characters really play differently um, then again, that might not be the best choice for you. If you are looking for a game where you can sit down once, run through a quick dungeon, kill some monsters and not think too heavily on what you want to do, and not have to plan your turn in detail, that's definitely fun. And if you enjoy um, video games and you always liked boss battles, then that game gives you a really good feel about that. And boss battles, like I've mentioned, that whole mechanic of cards and behaviors works really well. And that would be it, Um, that would be the dog ate my meeples summary of what I personally think um, Dark Souls the tabletop game is. And once again, it's created by Steamforge. So if you go to the website, you can see a whole bunch of different expansions to it. And there is a lot of content added to it um, at various price. You know, you have massive dragons, monsters, mimics and all the stuff. So there is a lot of expansions available for the game. Maybe some of them change or add to it and make it better. But um that's not a game I would even consider buying expansions. Because, you know, adding new monsters is not going to change the whole nature of the game as it is right now. And I'm not bored with the enemies I've got. It's it's the boss battles that I want. And I have enough boss battles to enjoy it and occasionally have a game of it. Um. So that's really, really finally it for today. As you can see, my voice is already slowly giving up. So I think it's a good time to end this episode. Um. In two weeks time, make sure to come back. And in the meantime, go to our Instagram. Um, the dog ate my meeple and make sure to vote on what would you like to our next review to be on um, again I will give you two different titles and from the dungeon crawler we're going to go to something completely different and I will share my thoughts um, and you will have a chance to choose what title I will be sharing my thoughts on with that thank you very much thanks for listening to us uh, thanks for being here with you guys sorry for the really long break but now we are back we will be continuing on uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you will be back for more. Make sure to go to our Facebook page and, and you know, talk to us, leave us comments, engage with us. Um, I would love to hear from you guys, see what you think about the show. And just, guys, enjoy your games. Um, so thank you very much one more time. Um, enjoy your games. Take care and see you in two weeks' time.